I love my little girls more than anything, and I said to myself, oh, no, don't, you can't, don't say that. But I had underestimated him. He went on, I would rather see my little girls die now, still believing in God, than have them grow up under communism and one day die to the leftist dad i am jim carrey here as always with jake anderson how you doing man pretty good buddy uh same old same old same old i guess we got a lot going on um we have a big guest tonight i guess he's a failed house candidate i don't know how big that makes him um nick ox of the proud boys and uh yeah i think that's probably the more distinguishing characteristic of this guest is yeah. his affili- affiliation with proud boys but uh anyway, yeah he did he, he did horribly lose a house race to um who would become the first gay winner of a hawaiian district house race I which know is, why he thought he could win in hawaii right well <laughs> you know anything to own the libs you know just never possible anyway yeah, so this will be interesting. Um, we can run through some headlines real quick, though, which we'll also probably touch on with him because he doesn't believe some of these headlines or is directly opposed to them, I'm sure. Um, over the, what, this weekend, the Supreme Court made their decision on the Texas lawsuit. Correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that really should have been the final death now. I mean, there's been multiple death knells, but... Uh, for all intents and purposes, this uh, this that should have been... That was the Hail Mary. That was the Hail Mary, but it was also the fact that it was uh, rejected by all three of Trump's own uh, <laughs> Supreme Court appointees. And really, like, uh, two of the conservative, uh, Alito and Thomas, uh, basically said they would agree to hear the case, but then they also specifically said... There would, there would absolutely be no merit to the case. So they essentially smacked it down um, <laughs> entirely. It was pretty much a unanimous. Yeah, rejection. I think we called that one. The party's pretty much done with them. They don't fucking need them. Yeah, you know? well, w- when you have, I mean, uh, his own attorney general, Bill Barr, is against him. Uh, his own uh, a, a wide uh, raft of conservative lower court judges have now ruled against him and not ruled against him, but literally uh, thrown out the lawsuits with with prejudice, meaning there was no merit to them whatsoever. And this really should be the final blow with the Supreme Court, but unfortunately, and we're gonna see what our our guest tonight thinks about this, there is a contingent of uh, MAGA and Trump supporters and QAnon followers who want um, extrajudicial military coup uh, to uh, depose the president-elect. So. Yeah, I'll say that I think I'm pretty sure I can speak to him believing that the election was stolen, but I don't know what his, you know, prescription for that is. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the Proud Boy position on it is. Obviously, um, I'd also like to ask him about some of the violence that happened in uh, D.C. this weekend. Absolutely. I, I, that's one of the things I, I was going to talk about as well. Yeah, that was um, because, you know, that wasn't planned, obviously, but it happened outside like a Proud Boys event or like a meeting in a bar. 
Like, there were multiple stabbings and stuff like that. And the Proud Boys were out on the streets late at night in D.C. over the weekend. Beating the shit out of people. Yeah, and apparently fighting the police because the police were blocking their routes and shit. So, yeah, there's there's a, a grand uh, hip, hypocritical irony here, which is that the Proud Boys, among other right-wing groups, have consistently called Black Lives Matter protests, uh, riots. They've consistently claimed that Antifa and Black Lives Matter are domestic terrorists that just go out and cause violence. But I'm used to watching these protests, typically in the last year or so. It's been mostly peaceful Black Lives Matter protesters, and I went to a couple myself, uh, you know, practicing their constitutional right. Uh, eventually, the cops show up, and they usually tear gas and round people up. Sometimes they push them around. Usually, there is some level of violence by the police towards protesters and many arrests. Yeah. But last night, I was watching protests from a different group. Uh, these, of course, were the pro-Trump, pro-MAGA Proud Boys uh, protesting what they falsely believe was election fraud. And of course, they have a right to protest, but they were doing more than protesting. They were beating the shit out of Antifa counter-protesters and random people. Uh, and Jim, it's the strangest thing. Uh, I didn't see the police really come and when they did, um, there were very few arrests. There was virtually no violence by the police against the Proud Boys. So there seems to be, to me, uh, some kind of incongruity here when it comes to how the cops deal with Black Lives Matter protesters and how they deal with Proud Boys. And it's definitely something that, that we need to think about. Well, there, I think there's also, um, I, I don't know. There's a lot of politics to it, too. I don't think... Uh... I think the D.C. Police Department probably isn't fans of everything, they, uh, basically anything they have to do because they're constantly pestered by shit like this, you know? The D.C. Department's a very strange one because it's the fucking Department of the Nation's capital, and it's in a weird position where it's constantly dealing with, like, crowd control and shit like that. Right, but this isn't the first time we've seen deferential treatment to Proud Boys. No, I'll, in, no in... I'll admit that. You know, I'm just saying the D.C. Police are in a they're in a totally different space than most police departments around the country. They're a strange beast because they're not really like, I don't know. They're not part of the country. They're not a state. It's a city and it's weird status, you know? Their um, oversight is weird. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. get more into that. It doesn't matter. Who gives a shit about the DC cops? Um, they're cops. But yeah, I'd like to ask how he feels about the cops right now. You know, it'll be interesting. I also want to ask him some questions about philosophy and shit like that, because strangely enough, as you know, someone who's familiar with Catholicism, he chose to be Catholic, which is odd to me. Yeah, I'm interested in, I mean, insofar as I'm interested in, in anything he has to say, I guess I'm interested in what his views on uh, police force uh, will be. Um you know, his views on martial law. Um, I, I'm continually stunned at the number of, of fervent Second Amendment uh, advocates uh, on the right uh, in MAGA and QAnon who want martial law uh, and they seemingly oblivious to the fact that martial law would almost necessarily involve the confiscation of civilian firearms. Yeah, I don't... <sighs> 
I don't know what so, they think is going to happen, man. I, obviously, they think Trump won, and somehow, you know, some of them think there's still, like you said, this coup. What did Martin call it? Like a digital coup or some bullshit. You know, yeah, the snare trap and all this dumb shit. You know, and a, lot, it, a lot of them just believe different things. I mean, like, um, the latest poll was like almost 80% of Republicans believe the election was a fraud. So. That's just something like, yeah, like, and it's, is an accepted fact from now on. Right. And I pretty much expected this to happen. And it's, uh, well, it's, it really cannot be overstated how dangerous this is. And while we may make it through this one, um, it's almost a certainty that this is going to actually lead to other elections being stolen um, because, you know, it's like the boy who cried wolf uh, and you know, it's, I don't know, man, it's, it's just very dangerous what's going on right now. It's just strange because this will forever be like, this conspiracy narrative will now forever be like part of one of the major parties. Right. You know, that that's an odd thing to see because it's not like there's a Republican party contingent that's like 9-11 truthers, you know, or even like, there's this, you know, there's QAnon people and stuff now, but they're not like represented in the party anywhere, like public, not much, not openly much, you know, but as far as like the people who say like the election was stolen, yeah, that's a wide swath of the party at this point. And that'll just be something they always remember the way people remember 2000, which was an actual stolen election. Right. Uh, yeah, 2000 in Florida. Um, and, you know, there was actually fairly convincing evidence that some fraud went on in Dade County, Ohio in 2004. Um, and, you know, this idea of fractional voting, which was championed by a group called Black Box Voting at that time, uh, was arguing that it was essentially possible to shave votes, fractions of votes. Um, so this idea was born there of of kind of algorithmic fraud and elections. But that's not even what um, Sidney Powell and, and Trump's team are arguing. They, they're essentially throwing every single possible argument that could ever be put forward about fraud. Every single one, dozens and dozens. Dude. And this, this is a classic gaslighting maneuver, which is that you throw so much bullshit at the wall that there's no way it can ever possibly be cleaned up. Rudy, yeah, Rudy did testimony here during the week with uh, the drunk lady and the black woman in the Trump cowboy hat. Hmm. It was just a circus. Um, I didn't see it, but it sounds tremendously exciting. Yeah, you should watch it. There's like this drunk lady and like he is, she was one of the electors for election certifiers for Wayne County. And she seems wasted because she's just like oh yelling oh I know I know who you're talking yeah. about oh yeah 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 she that they that she's been widely made fun of since then yeah that was here oh really yeah that that was in my that was in the state capitol here that was a a state house hearing on the election so yeah that was Rudy made his stop here to just bring forward so you these could... crazy people hypothetically then you could maybe even go out on a date with that woman i think she's married because her facebook is still that's around. okay bro it's okay <laughs> um, man the funny thing is is tomorrow is the electoral college vote and our capital is actually closed for security concerns 
So I imagine after tomorrow, there will be even more like insane stories from Trump electors coming out of the building. I would expect that to be the next phase. Yeah, I mean, you know, with all this stuff, it, 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 it frustrates me primarily because, you know, look, me and you started this podcast because we wanted to talk about, you know, kind of true ideology of leftist politics. And instead, we've just been inundated by having to react to these proto-fascist, quasi-fascist, uh, whatever you want to call it, talking points and, and, and frankly, bullshit. Like every time we are going to maybe get into actually talking about real leftism, a fascist runs up and like farts in our face. That's what it feels like. Well, Do you yeah. smell it though? I mean, As I said. I smell it. This will be interesting. I don't know. I, I, it'll be strange. You know, I don't know how well, this will go. Um, hopefully he's, like I said, hopefully he's interesting. Hopefully he's not as boring as some right-wingers are. You know, well, Martin was, I, for his, all, all the information Martin gave us, he was kind of boring. Because I don't know what the fuck he was talking about. Right. But that's a whole other so a, story. A, a couple of things to look for as we're listening to Nick is uh, something that has been described as, uh, it's called hiding power level. And what, what this means is essentially um, disguising and deceiving your, your real ideology through more kind of acceptable uh, rhetoric. And, you know, this is done widely with, you know, uh, neo-Nazi movements. Um, uh, they brand and they, they, they rebrand and they use kind of changing identifications and shifting rhetoric to try and distract, diffuse, and, um, you know, basically make themselves more palatable to a wider subset of the population. Um, I, I'm curious so, to think, like, to see how far, like, this guy's thinking goes. Like, does he believe that, like, Antifa works for Biden and Harris, you know? Because that is a belief held among these people. Well, I was, I was interested that you say that he identifies as a Western chauvinist. Uh, because that, that, that's one of the phrases that are often used as rebranding terms for groups like this. Um, obviously, white nationalists, ethno-statist, uh, these are ones that he will probably deny. Um, oh, he said he's not racist. Uh, I said e ethno-statist is what I said. Okay, well, um, I'm saying he says he's not I, racist. I don't, well, of course I he's going to say that. Means to uh, that that's exactly yeah. what my point is. That yeah, I don't know what that means to him. They're going to be using more palatable terms to basically distract from, uh, you know, they, they will shift into different things like Christian nationalists. They will shift into, they will use words like Western chauvinist, neo-reactionary, nativist, isolationist, uh, anti-globalist. These are all ways, not that there aren't legitimate arguments against globe, some globalist policies, but it has very often be, been used as a, a kind of dog whistle uh, for, for anti-Semitic remarks uh, among some from this, you know, from groups like these. So it's all I'm saying is it's going to be interesting to see um, what kind of crypto fascism we're going to hear tonight. Yeah, whatever it is. I don't know what it'll be, but we'll find out. We'll talk to him in a minute. So we'll be back on the other side of a short break. I think we're good here. Liberty, 
We are back with our guest, uh, Nick Oaks. I mispronounced his name in the intro, but um, let's welcome him to the show, Nick Oaks. He is what? He ran for Senate, or no, the House in Hawaii. Um, and he is also an out proud boy, I suppose. Why don't you, I guess, tell us a bit about your background. What do you identify as? What groups do you identify with? What do you consider yourself ideologically? Yeah, man, I'm I'm an out and about proud boy. If you Google me, you'll you'll find that. Uh, make no bones about it. Um, you know, politically, I don't I don't consider myself uh, anything crazy. I say I'm right wing. Uh, I'd, I'd like to believe I'm a centrist, but you know, with the country I feel is moved to the left, that that at least makes me right wing by default. So here I am. All right. I mean, what do you think of um, currently? I don't know where are you at with the election and everything. What uh, are you obviously a Trump supporter? Do you believe the election was stolen? And yeah, hundred percent. I, I I do believe it was stolen. You know, it's not just a talking point. There's too many, uh, just too much impossible math there. It, it doesn't work out when we run the numbers. But uh, I'm also not. I've been very optimistic, you know, throughout this whole thing. Yeah, that was uh, my side. Question. Yeah, but uh, you know, after after the old Texas lawsuit was thrown out. I'm realistic too, so I think that this is this ain't gonna go Trump's way. It could still, it could, you know. Uh, but Trump, he he's not, you know. Everyone says he's gonna cross the Rubicon, but uh, well, that's why I was no, interested in not. talking to you because it seems like you have a grasp on reality, especially compared to like our last guest. Um, oh yeah, who was that? Well, that was a QAnon special episode. <laughs> uh-huh. So that was something, you know. That's on another planet, man. But. The thing is, uh, you know, you seem more connected to reality and clearly, you know, like you said, the Supreme, Jake and I talked about this in the intro, the Supreme Court shit over the weekend, um, that signals pretty much the end of, you know, that was, we called it the Hail Mary, I believe, you know, that was basically the end of the Trump appeal process in our mind. Well, from the beginning, I've said it's going to go to the Supreme Court and, you know, we've got these Trump appointees and it's going to be 5-4 or whatever. Obviously, I was fucking wrong. Uh, the the judges, the justices that Trump appointed, you know, despite all the liberal screeching, he could have actually appointed some real right wing people and done himself a favor. But you know, that's uh, I think the party's went. done with them, man. I think that's what you saw. The oh, I think the party's society. always been done with Trump. Yeah, yeah the we, we hate the Republican society party. Got what they wanted, bro. Yeah, he fucking bit. Yeah. Hey, 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 Nick, let me let me ask you something real quick. You talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mathematical anomalies in in the election. Um, Can you, can you get more specific about that? And yeah, sure. uh, You know, there's a lot of, I guess I could go through the list, but just to provide an example, uh, like 124,000 votes that come into Philadelphia at what, 429 in the morning. And literally 100% of them are for uh, Biden. I think there were three votes in that batch for, uh, for Trump. Well, that's, that's, that's not been, that's been explained right. though what that that that's election officials have easily debunked been debunked that. 
Yes, it's, uh, it, 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 it has been debunked. Well, I knew the word yeah, fraud was coming check. from you, election fraud. That's I mean, right. you're, you're using the same words over and over again, too. Oh, uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying, like, there are explanations for these things. Well, what is, maybe it's, I'm it's, just it, in a bubble. I try not to be, but what's the explanation for that? Because the explanation I, I is very similarly that large chunks of pre-counted mail-in ballots are entered all at once. It's that simple. So, but out of mail-in they, ballots, they, they, I mean, they, I understand they skew to Biden, but that's, that's a bit rich. Yeah, they, they, they heavily skew to Biden. In well, fact, in Philadelphia, man. Ma mail-in ballots uh, have traditionally always skewed toward Democrats, and in this election, they skewed yeah, even more. So he's going to win 70 percent. He's not going to win 124,000. Well, I'd have to see the numbers as to whether he won 100 percent of, of that, but I'm, I'm just sure saying. Nate I, Silver reports this I don't, on, you know, <laughs> mainstream Twitter. Nate, Nate Silver believes in election fraud? No, no. These are his numbers I'm using. Oh, they okay, come from okay. everywhere. There's a, an abundance of examples of uh, numbers with, you know, 700% uh, voter turnout in Michigan. All, all these things just, they strike us as unnatural. And we don't quite buy your experts' explanations because, well, I, I don't hear them, you know. I, it's, I don't hear a good explanation for this. I'm willing to say we got it fucking wrong. I, I'd love to believe in the electoral process again, but I, I don't as of now. I think that uh, I, I think it was I don't know, man, I don't care too much. And I don't want to dive too much into this because at the end of the day, I want this to be about uh, your ideology, really. But the fact is, I think that Biden did win. Um, but at the same time, I don't really care. <laughs> but I we're, think we're that, not either. I don't think that invested personally in this election. Like We're, we're not the cry it out on Twitter types for the results of this particular one. Yeah. And I think it's it was always jake and i've been predicting that the supreme court would always just turn on trump as soon as anything got there because we knew that dude mitch mcconnell and the gop got what they wanted from him. they got i don't you're right man i don't think they turned on him i think they just saw that there was no evidence just like bill barr did I don't and so think... they reviewed it so so what path is left you said that it's it's not looking you seem to imply that it's not looking good for trump but that it's not completely over yet what path beyond extrajudicial military coup is left for Trump at this point? Yeah, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? Uh, the <laughs> path, generally speaking, is to get the state electors to say there was voter fraud. So they, they have the full legal authority to not accept uh, the results as they see them and just to vote for who they want. Like it's in the Constitution. So that, that's what Trump's pushing. I, it's not going to happen, you know, uh, but that. That was always the like the plan B, uh, other than the Supreme Court. So I, I never yeah. got too much into it. It's not it's not realistic. It surprised me, Trump, but it's not realistic. Democrats so, called for that in 2016. Yeah, so, they they didn't didn't happen, did it? Nope. We called we uh, Democrats called for it in the oh, primary between by, between uh, between Bernie and Clinton. They didn't call for it after the general election. They no, didn't. there were Clintonites who said that the electors there, should vote for very Trump. few very few the, the point and, is that there's no quirk in the law that's going to settle this thing and that's what people like to cling on so oh, it could still happen here's how bernie could still win here's how trump could still win but it, it there there's a big picture and that's the way things go yeah let's not get too hung up on it i mean what do you think is next do you think biden becomes president i think it's pretty much yeah done. i mean biden becomes president i think kamala might really be the president uh but it's it is what it is you know so let's do this then. What is, uh, what's the Proud Boys stance on this? What is your role going into the future, man? What do you guys do now that you're not backing an incumbent? 
well, you know, we're we're known as uh, the street fighters or whatnot. It's it's not really accurate, you know, despite this weekend. Uh, mostly the club wants to be and is we'll uh, a drinking club. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like uh, the right wing Elks Lodge sort of thing. That that's the goal. Uh, we get thrown into this shit. You know, we started showing up to and culture events, right? Because people kept throwing urine at her and all that stuff. So we said, fuck that. We stood between like Ann Coulter and urine. And then ever since then, we're fucking spicy news item number one. Uh, oh, it's never been the focus funny. of the club, but it is it is something that we've stepped up and done. It's kind of funny that anyone on TV had piss thrown at him. I'd fuck. I don't care if you threw that, it at that, Jim, that's one of your dreams, isn't it? Yeah, I don't care. You could throw it at anybody on MSNBC too. <laughs> i'd laugh just I, i'd actually i i as well would be okay with that yeah i don't give a fuck I'm fucking I'm, the journal mainstream journalism sucks on all sides and i think that's a lot of um you know you're seeing a lot of people ditch fox news now man because they didn't even they don't like that shit anymore but yeah so what yeah, fox, fox news is done the boomers have turned it so yeah so what exactly is then the proud boys uh, in your words what is your ideology what do you stand for what is your group protecting in your mind i mean uh we, we're big into western civilization right and so uh those of your ilk often accuse us of saying that she's code word for white uh you know it's it's not we think western civilization uh, works for anyone who genuinely wants to take part in it it's it's there's a you know uh we build tall buildings and uh eat, people in asia wear western style suits it's great we we support that kind of thing it just generally works and we say we are pro that it's not it's not overly complicated a lot of us we're not fucking political geniuses either you know i'm i'm a politics nerd but overall proud boys uh we just embrace basic middle american values and we're sick of being shit on for it so even though you said a military coup was awesome or would be awesome wouldn't you could would you consider yourself what a small r republican you believe in the uh, you know I, the, the republican party doesn't reflect uh not, not, middle america not necessarily right. no not the party like a, a republican is in oh. you believe in like republican in values, the republic in like the constitution in general like are you a constitution yeah i'm, I'm trying to is that trying to figure that out I guess, I guess we'll go ahead and get spicy here like what i guess limited democracy sounds pretty good uh i, I think entirely too many people vote like if you don't pay attention to politics why are you voting? I've often said, I want there to be a, a literal maze uh, in front of the ballot to keep people out who can't solve mazes. That's, that's my uh, attitude on voting. We should have it, but let's be, let's have a little discretion here, folks. Are you Catholic? You don't want a monarch? No, a lot of people are getting into that. So when I say <laughs> I'm Catholic, like don't, don't read too much into that. I'd like to be Catholic. I was baptized Catholic when I was an infant, but uh, I, I'm, exploring it the church won't even uh get me in to do catholic things until uh next september to take their classes to get confirmed so i'll be on the limb till then okay so you were born catholic that at least yeah, i've been a lifelong atheist till you know pretty recently uh hey you know an, i don't claim to know anything on that i'm an atheist too man or mostly well, that, I, uh, recently now you know i've i've come to say I, I think there's something more out there but it's i don't have this figured out like i'm not going to be able to uh speak on this but I, you know I, I grew up reading richard dawkins and shit and was definitely of that uh, of that type for a long while and i've come out of it hey uh, uh, jim before we get yeah that's too, fa too far down the the catholicism rabbit hole which i do i i think that is relevant i, I want to ask nick about something uh it has to do with 
you saying that there, there seems to be a misconception that your proud boys are primarily focused on white Western civilization. Um, right. I wanna push back on that just a little bit because uh, I'm gonna read a quote from the co-founder Gavin McGinnis, which I'm, I'm assuming you largely agree with on most things. And let me hear it. Okay, he said, I love being white and I think it's something to be proud of. Now, I'm assuming you would agree with this. Um, so I, I do wanna ask you what it is specifically about being white that you love, but before you answer that, I, I, the reason I ask this is because you do in interviews frequently say that you're not white, white nationalists. You, you, you make a, a pretty strong point about that. But in that same quote, Gavin followed up that statement um, about how he loves to be white. He said, I don't want our culture diluted. We need to close the borders now and let everyone assimilate to a Western, white, English-speaking way of life. Now, he's really specifying white there several times, and he's specifically talking about um, seemingly a form of neo-colonialism within the United States itself in terms of forcing people to assimilate into a white culture. I, I just don't understand how that's not white nationalism. Right, so white nationalism is advocacy for a white nation, be it either deporting people in America till it's just uh, white folks left, or usually it's like building some new shit in Idaho. But that's, uh, neither of us, uh, me or Gavin, would belong to that philosophy. Uh, so you, you took back to 2008 for that quote. I, I fucking, I know the exact quote. People like to bring that one up. It's, it's ancient, but uh, well, it doesn't matter. You know, that. interviews are forever, right? So we'll get into it. Yeah, he, I guess to me, he's just giving white folks in credit where credit is due. I mean, white folks have been pretty good at building civilization. Uh, good on them. As I said, I don't think it's uh, just applies to whites. Uh, if you want to partake in Western civilization, which has been pretty white historically. Uh, you know, go for it. America is not a, a white country. It really has been diverse since the beginning. Uh, one of the only countries you could say that about, truthfully. And I, I like that about America. Okay. Uh, that's, that's good I, don't, I don't think people have, uh, it's not illegitimate to want America to stay demographically somewhat the same, you know, as what, what's the word, the traditional American nation is, is the right wing thing they say now. Uh, I, I have no problem with that. You know what I mean? It's it's been effectively uh, uh, black and white, and not by numbers, but by heritage, a Native American country, uh, and now it's been drastically changed in demographics to include a lot of Hispanic people. And but, I, but I that, don't think it's wrong yeah. to be just say, well, they don't vote for things that keep America as it is, and it's okay to be concerned about that. I, I guess that, I is guess that too spicy? No, no, you you can add as much spice as you want, man. I like I like spicy things. But no, I mean, I guess I just don't understand how uh, immigration from uh, Central Latin South American countries, They're Catholics, how, bro. How, how, how is that different than the uh, traditional immigration that's been happening? Like you said, we're a diverse country. There's been multiple movements of immigration from from other countries, be it Ireland, you know, across the board, we can go well, through. I'll tell, I'll tell you how it's different. Now, how how, how, it's how is same. it different? Okay. So I've been to towns in uh, California that are Mexico. Like it's, it, there. no one speaks English. Uh, you know, the, the local uh, elected officials are all ethnically uh, Mexican people who speak Spanish. 
and it's it's I would it didn't feel like California. It really it wasn't effectively. You know what I mean? And what do you mean it didn't? That's, feel, okay. It, it didn't it's, feel it's, like it. I mean, just because they're speaking a different language, that doesn't. That, yes. I mean, yeah. I think that language is one of the uh, primary things that you, unites people in the country. But we but we you know, but they speak we speak many languages. Most people speak English. In fact, more immigrants that come here speak multiple languages than Americans. So they're far well, more. That makes likely. sense for an immigrant. Uh, you know, I only speak one language. Uh, I'd like to learn French as a hobby, but I don't feel any great pressure to uh, to need to learn another language in my own country. That's that's stupid. And I wouldn't feel that if I immigrated to another country that spoke another language, I just wouldn't do it without learning that language for once. So this is my attitude on language. You're not going to have people that get along. You're not going to be friends with somebody who doesn't speak the same language as you. And that's important well, for a country. Many of them do learn the language. Like when they're speaking to each other, they may revert to their first language. Uh, many of them are, pro are, are extremely, many immigrants are extremely fluent in English. Uh, I mean, that's uh, not, not the ones that I'm talking about. Are right? These are uh, third world uh, surf classes being imported for uh, the worst kind of capitalism. I think like we both know this is happening, right? Let's not dance around it. I don't this think that's great. Product of neoliberalism. We, we don't, what's happening? Third world surf countries, they're Mexico and California. No, 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 no. this is, I mean, there's an argument that look, this is not, and it's why like the Cokes are open borders because there yes. is a group of people who want immigrant labor because it's cheaper it's the same with silicon valley and visas for people from southeast asia these are things done by capitalists to reduce labor costs whether it be like agricultural syndicates or the giant tech companies multiple groups of capitalists do endorse more lax immigration policy because i they guess rely i don't on the labor. see I don't see how that's any different than the slave labor, the cor corporatist slave labor that's going on with with white English speaking people. It's how just, is it any different? it's all bad. It's I'm related. Not, I'm not saying any of it's good. I, it's just as shitty to have to work at Amazon, in my opinion. Nick may not agree with that. But... No, I would agree I mean, with I, that. I, I've actually picked vegetables for money. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've done these jobs uh, before I was in the Marine Corps. I worked in uh, kitchens with illegal immigrants, all this stuff. I got, yeah, I, I know what I'm talking about from from experience at least if i'm not a political genius and it's it's not a great life you know what i mean uh but and it's different so when you import mass population from these uh poor countries to do shit work you end up with a bad situation in your country now what we, i'd our argue, phrase is import the third world get the third world and you know it's uh, true what i'd our, argue our, is our though, immigration no, rates are lower okay go yeah. ahead sorry sorry yeah what i'd argue is though if you actually had not just some type of like libertarian open border policy, but some type of actual state structure to uh, integrate people, you would have people earning competitive wages. You wouldn't have people being imported basically as these slave laborers. Again, this is a, an issue of capitalism structure, not just neoliberal policies, really. I may have made it sound too simple, but this is capitalism at its core. I don't know what to do beyond get rid of that. And I'd argue, honestly, that out of the Western canon grows capitalism. If you want to learn French, my friend, there's plenty of, you know, great Marx and Engels and published in French because <laughs> this is where the thought started. It grew out yeah. of the, the actually the nationalist, you know, people gaining nationalist identities. That's where this left wing populism grew out of. And it ended up, you know, becoming the Paris Commune or 1848 was a lot of left wing populist nationalist movements. So national identity has been like a left, it, it has also been picked up as a left-wing thought. 
even the Soviet Union or China have a national identity. That's not something yeah, that's, that's why Trotsky never caught on, isn't it? He wanted international communism. That's uh, gay and boring and no one cares. But, you know, when uh, Stalin uh, went nationalistic in Russia, he, he, made, uh, he made some big moves there. The, the so, yeah, I know what Trotsky, you're talking about. Trotsky was never going to do anything to defend the actual Russian Revolution because he was waiting on other Western countries. He was waiting on like Germany and the UK to fall. You know, Trotsky was, in my opinion, a moron. I'm not a Trotskyist. So well, I, I don't know the the ins and outs of uh, leftist history to the full, but I, you know, I guess I can see what you're saying. Uh, but it's, you know, I, I consider myself a right wing populist, and that means that I'm definitely willing to criticize capitalism. Like I'm, I'm not Turning Point USA here. I don't don't get that idea. Okay. So what are your critiques of it then? That's here. What are some? What do you think should be done? Like, what do you do? You think things should be nationalized or what? Well, here's the thing with the nationalizing uh, companies. You know, that, that might be a good idea if your government doesn't suck, but I, I wouldn't trust the U.S. government to do well. Nationalizing. Well, uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. It would have to be a whole new type of administration, man. It can't be anybody who's in would, charge right now. As leftists, you all understand using uh, whatever powers available to you to put your ideas forward. And right-wing people just frankly don't get that. Uh, I do, and I'd like to see more of that. So you call it whatever you want, nationalization. Uh, I'd like to see <laughs> Republican congressmen come down hard on Facebook, not just uh, bring them in for questioning and then fundraise off it. Yeah, and I, I well, I think we all agree um, Silicon Valley's escaped regulation for too long. Uh, I, I don't think anyone who listens to this thinks that's unreasonable. I think anybody... Every one of our friends or, you know, our colleagues thought the Zuckerberg hearings were a freak show, you know, when he but was it depends who's regulating. Seat. If Elizabeth Warren, you know, uh, goes after Facebook, she's just going to be looking at my old comics and sending me to fucking uh, dickhead jail forever. Like, but if uh, Ted Cruz comes after Facebook, it's, it's a whole new thing about anti-censorship. Uh, so it just depends who's doing the regulating, frankly. It's, it's a funny word to get stuck up on. Yeah, I suppose. I just think that a more egalitarian government and not just social media, I'm thinking things like Amazon or Walmart, a more egalitarian government nationalizing those things would be a positive. Yeah, I mean, it's they're they're thriving. Walmart, Amazon have seen record profits. Uh, I think it's just fucking disgusting. Uh, I think it is capitalism. You can't say it's not crony capitalism, whatever. But uh, it's we should not be above regulation as as right wing people. You know, y'all certainly ain't. But this sort of religion of the free market is uh, it's killing us. Well, it's okay, well, you sort of just answered what my yeah. next question was going to be. Yeah, it's um, strange I was to ask you what spot. Yeah, the, I was going to talk about. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't claim to re- represent uh, every typical proud boy or just right wing dickhead in general. Clearly, like yeah, clearly. I'm a bit of an outlier here, but but I'm not alone. Uh, and this is, I think, where the energy is is growing uh, on the right side of things. Absolutely. I so then, where do you come down on the government? Uh, this uh, increasingly fervent conservative argument made by people like Ted Cruz that um, the big tech companies. Uh, should have their private algorithms uh, that that they are infringing upon free speech by not allowing every single conservative to amplify their voice using a private proprietary algorithm and amplifying it to millions of people. Do you consider that a free speech violation or do you consider that a right of the private company to uh, create a terms of service and then regulate the use of those terms of service? private companies. So in the mid 60s, we decided that black folks had a right 
to use uh, private services who didn't want them to use it. That was a legal decision we came to as a country and one I support because if you're the only plumber in town and you're a racist, well, what are all the black folks in town gonna do when they need uh, to get something plumbed? That, that's the legal question that was answered. Okay, I get that. Well, those so, were large, largely public utilities that, that that was involved in. It was well, way it, less. It was private way, business too. I mean, very few though. Most, most, most private companies were extremely resistant to civil rights laws. Uh, but the laws still did affect oh, I'm them. Sure, I'm sure they were. You know what I mean? That, that's what we're talking about. I'm, okay. Public shit is, I, public utilities, I, I'm not being uh, censored from yet, but like I, I can't pay my rent like I used to. I'm banned from PayPal and Venmo and Facebook and blah, blah. The list goes on. I'm, a, I'm a, one of these banned people. You know what I mean? I can't live a normal life anymore. Like it's very noticeable for me. These are all private companies though. And so my, you know, uh, libertarian type right-wing friends, they're like, well, it's a private company. And then all the, the my Democrat friends tell me, oh, it's a private company. Well, you never said that shit before. But uh, rights are only legitimate if they're reciprocal. All right. So I, I got to say, we, we need to have uh, Facebook in a category as we use the term the public square. They are. There's no way to get your ideas out effectively without using these big corporations. I mean, Facebook took down my campaign page after I was already the candidate, you know, passed the primary, all this stuff. They zap me. That, that's election interference, whether you think it's right or wrong. It just is. And that's public utility. <laughs> so a public utility. So you want like there to be basically a kind of socialization of uh, uh, internet companies, uh, social media companies. Is that what you're advocating here? In 1993, uh, President Clinton passed, I believe it was all the Communications Act. And it, among the fine print, it was a small part, but it said, like, you have the right to a phone. Even if you're a fucking giant Nazi, you have the right to a phone. And that's what we need for social media. We have a right to be heard. And just because it's the only practical way to be heard, that's why we have a right to it. So, so that would be national, nationalization. Not just a law saying that you're allowed to use it is all you're asking. Yeah, you know, I, I just, I'm, I'm never going to Facebook. Any type of nationalization, yeah. I think the argument would be for nationalization if you want to do it that way, because the reason you're entitled to a phone line is because it's a utility. Yeah, sure. Nationalize. I, I don't, honestly don't give a shit. Um, okay. Call it what you will. It, it sounds fucking communist as fuck or whatever. You go nationalize a big company, but uh, they suck. Go get them. I don't think it is, though. I mean, do you consider Iran a communist country? No, I don't. I, I just, I, you know, I'm yeah. in this right wing world. Like people have these words. Right. I, uh, yeah, so. I get that. But yeah, I don't yeah. think it's too obscene for a, a nation to want to take control of its resources. I mean, that's what we bomb nations for, right? You can agree we to that. Certainly too. have. Yeah. No. I, the foreign policy is heinous in this country. We, we both uh, agree that. And again, that's not a like a select right wing opinion you're going to find right. yeah. universal agreement unless you're all, all three of us. All three of us agree on that one. Yeah, I think there's absolutely I think it's funny that um, I mainly cover Turkey uh, for like my media, you know, when I write. Yeah, you but, left us all over fucking Turkey for some reason. I no, I, Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not like a Kurd guy or anything. OK, all right. I'm an Erdogan follower. I've been. Oh, no shit, because they hate him, man. Oh, God. Jim. They do. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's been in, since the Syrian civil war when I started following Turkey closely. Well, yeah. how's that working leftist circles? You guys see them carrying signs like death to Erdogan and all this shit, you know? I mean, Free the Kurds. yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I hate them, but it's not even just for the Kurds. It's for a lot of other shit. It's for funding the FSA. It's for Armenia. 
It's for fucking Libya. Dude, there's a lot of problems I have with Turkey, and it's not just reflected in the YPG or what the fuck ever. An American-backed anarchist group. That's not me. You know, I have a lot of other issues, and I follow the internal politics closely. I get you. I just like to get, you know, get things straight. Not yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, straight. I'm not a YPG guy or anything like that. But okay. I follow Erdogan interests me immensely. But the thing is, like, I see Trump now moving to sanction him, although he didn't before. So what do you think is behind like and now I see Trump getting tough on Iran, too, which I disagree with. But I see him doing these things in the last few days when it seems like there's no hope. What do you think the point of this shit is? You know, the, the whole clusterfuck there, like, I, back, back in the day when I was allowed on Facebook, uh, I joined some Arab politics group, just because I became interested. It, it's an interesting bunch, and it's, it's very complicated, and I'll, I'll never get it totally, but um, they, they have my sympathies, uh, frankly. I don't think they uh, mix with the West, and this mass uh, Middle Eastern uh, influx to Europe is, is a huge problem, but uh, in their own countries, they have very legitimate gripes against the west like i, I realize that uh well uh, i wish we leave them alone a lot of what happens in europe is run through turkey that's why yes uh, another interesting oh, yes. part to me is that turkey there is a concern there is a genuine concern that turkey runs former isis fighters and fsa and al-qaeda terrorists i mean they run them back through turkey into their european homes or you know and whatever. they flaunt it they like Ergen thinks it's funny right. he, he basically taunts europe yeah he has no problem funding yeah. like mosques that try to recruit people and shit like that turkey was a free you know the border was a free zone for anybody trying to just walk across and join isis for the longest time so i don't yeah there is an argument to be made that yeah the some of the people being put into Europe intentionally by some of these Arab powers and the, some of these Arab powers, like the Gulf States and Turkey, who fund mosques in Europe that preach radical messages, you know, these are things that shouldn't happen. And I think France is correct when they um, look to cut out some foreign funding for mosques, because I don't think Saudi Arabia should be influencing religion uh, across the globe, you know, Although I guess yeah, we get into a complicated. They just don't argument. want their culture basically changed. I mean, I, I don't know. France might be just about done though. They've it's from what I can see as a, a lonely outsider. It looks like they've had some real changes in their society. We'll see. I'm, we'll see I'm a Melanchon guy. I believe France is destined to be socialist. <laughs> so <laughs> they're they're pretty socialistic in history. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Well, this is look, brother. This is my friend. My friend. Western values. You want to thank somebody, thank the son of the Jacobins, Napoleon, picking up the crown of France and spreading, not only toppling the monarchs across Europe, but implanting Western values, as you so call them, in all of these countries. That was didn't he crown himself as something like an emperor or something? Yeah, he was emperor. He was made. That was the third Roman empire. It was, you know, Rome. And then it was Charlemagne. And then it was Napoleon. He was the emperor. And the fact is, though, even though he was emperor, he still spread uh, the Napoleonic code across Europe. And as I said, toppled all of these monarchs, which is why you saw the Spanish colonies uh, break away from Spain, because that was during the Napoleonic era. So really, yeah, they had all that trouble with Haiti and all that. Basically, they I I think they thought Napoleon was going to free him and he wasn't serious about it. And then the English thought, oh, this is hilarious. Let's inflame that. And then all he says that was his biggest mistake. He admits that was his biggest his actually he admits that it was his one mistake. Yeah. Was Haiti. 
He said he could have invaded America, but that's something, it's just something that I think about is like, this is what, uh, you know, this is kind of what kickstarted Western society, in my opinion, what really spread it across Europe and put these values into people. And eventually that grew into what I believe was, um, you know, Jacobinism, in my particular opinion, grew into socialism later on in France and that led to obviously things like uh, 1848 all across Europe and then the Paris Commune I that's why I argued that socialism is a natural outgrowth of western thought because well, even there certainly of, is a line there from the, the Jacobins to the to the modern left I, I know what you're talking about that's why I want to have much nice to say about those bunch but yeah I, I see the history I, well, I would argue that, uh, yeah, a lot of them were proto-socialists. And I think that that's the thing is that it was this proto-socialist movement that toppled the monarch of France and ended the Bourbon line. I, I, you know, obviously, they returned and we can we don't need to get into French history today, but it was this group of radicals that chose to topple the divine right of kings, you know. And it was it was the moderates and the liberals and the conservatives, obviously, who held back. So that's why. I yeah, no, like there's a reason that uh, leftists always tweet like guillotines at me and shit. I get it. <laughs> I'm not and that guy, but I think it, that's what it explains. That is how I justify believing that it is the natural outgrowth to see it was the radicals who wanted the actual oppressor gone, the actual oppressing class gone, because it, there was thousands and thousands of emigres from the noble class you know people fled and i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing and i don't think you'd disagree if that happened in a certain oligarch class here yeah but it's it's all right so obviously you know back in the day like french noblemen are not known to be a the most uh, sensitive or likable bunch but it, what you want to get hardcore right and all this like what's so wrong with having uh, a class the noble class that dies disproportionately in wars but is also basically in charge of shit like as far as society's order goes i guess i see why people are looking to that again on the actual far right those wars had put france in debt i mean funding the american revolution had put france in debt and the french and indian wars seven years war whatever that put france in debt france was deeply in debt and that noble class was sucking up all the money for these stupid colonial adventures as the women who marched on Versailles couldn't buy bread you know that was yeah I'll I'll agree with you that colonialism was uh, basically a huge mistake uh, for Europe Uh, the colonial nations I think is where we disagree is that I think it's worked out pretty well for them like you're welcome for the trains and shit but the issue uh, is is that the wars have always you know despite yes maybe it being the noble class who goes off to fight in them you know, being like the knights and shit like that. As it went into like modern warfare, I mean, after France, you saw nobles in like the UK become generals, but then, you know, there was a civilian military. So that doesn't really apply, I suppose. But the before that, I mean, even as these nobles went off to die, I mean, there was literally a war, the Hundred Years' War, man. I mean, these people would waste resources and chew through money to fight each other and they'd go into tremendous debt to fight with their basically their cousins i mean look at it even all the way up to world yeah, war one that true. was a cousin fight yeah no i, I know what you're talking about it's, this it's, has it's been uh, this has been jim's ted talk and he thank you for coming <laughs> sorry
No, that's cool, man. I, I, I'm, I'm uh, let's get back to, to modern stuff. I, I hate to uh, get into history of political nerd stuff here. You know. Yeah, I just, wanted, uh, I, I just I, wanted to make it clear that I, I, I do believe socialism is a part of Western thought. I think that grows out of it, and I think it's been integrated even in a lot of nationalist countries. Um, you know, maybe you support Syria, the government of Syria, and the Syrian civil war. I, I feel like you might be on the same. Yeah, side I, I don't in that. hate uh old bashar you know I, I, i'm not of... i'm not going to speak on things i'm not totally okay. educated about which as i said i have an interest in Arab politics but it's going to get uh spicy and i'm going to say something i don't no, no, no worries. have the answers on yeah. don't do that yeah but no i'm just saying that even those arab nationalists like they do implement a lot of saddam heavily nationalized saddam. yeah bathus was a socialist party right. uh you know it's but, it's and what you know, Bashar Al-Assad is a Baathist as well, Syrian Baathist. Again, this is like a Middle Eastern politics stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Right. So anyways, go ahead. We had a, we had a variety of issues we were going to talk about here. No, I mean, I'm extremely interested in everything Jim just said. I mean, I think we could devote an entire show to that, frankly. Uh, but I did want to kind of briefly pivot back to the here and the now. Uh, and by here, I mean America. And so... Uh, and this is something, Nick, I, I, I've seen you, uh, I've seen some of your memes about it, uh, your social media posts. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on what it meant to you and to the Proud Boys when Donald Trump said uh, in the debate, stand down and stand by. And you, you created memes based on that. What did you take that to mean? Well, I mean, it was fucking hilarious that Donald Trump mentioned us at all. Uh, you know, Biden brought it up, of course. He's, he's been our best recruiter of all time, so we send him our eternal thanks. But it, it means exactly what it sounds like. Uh, stand down. Like, like don't, don't go fuck up these people on the street. It's, it's a headache for me. Like, that, that's what he meant, all right? He says, let the cops do it. Now, we, uh, the cops aren't doing their job, but... Uh, but he said stand yeah, by. It, it like, that's, that's, that's yeah, stand probably, by. Probably stand the most, by, stand down. Stand okay, by so is the shit. most important part yeah. of the phrase. I mean, no, it's true. Come on. Okay. That's, it, that's obvious. Stand by is by far the most important part of that. And well, that's I'm telling why, you, as someone who was watching that live and was astounded when it happened, it was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, we just got more notorious. And all right, I know you don't really want us out there on the street. Like, I, I get it. Like, that that was obvious at the time. Like it, it okay. wasn't like, Oh my God, get okay. the brown shirts out. Fair enough. Fair enough. Good point. Uh, I, I like your response to that. So in light of that, what do you make of the riots in DC over the weekend uh, where the proud boys who have routinely been critical of Antifa or black lives matter uh, being out in public uh, so-called rioting and looting, there were proud boys out in the streets literally just beating the shit out of people. Uh, what do you, what, you know, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Um, as far well, we as- We didn't, uh, we didn't stand by or stand down, did we? No, the, the, this last uh, fucking- <laughs> No, you didn't, yeah. Event, you did not, yeah. You it, broke, it was you broke meaner, your promise. It was meaner this weekend. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, it, the hits were harder. Uh, people got fucking stabbed. Well, we got stabbed, we don't stab people. But, um, you know, th these are people, these black block types that if they're not out there, uh, and they're all fucking rich kids, uh, just throwing piss, fucking. Wait a uh, minute. Sandwich. No, no, no. That's, that's not like, that's not accurate. The, it's the not, it's, it's, I've got a lot of these. Maybe I have too. Uh, there are Antifa. Yeah, I, I, I live in Portland, man. And <laughs> oh, I, 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 I know a lot of yeah, uh, Antifa there. people. 
and yes, I will totally admit there are different congregations of ideologies and class types and, and, and race. And in fact, many people in the Black Lives Matter movement uh, are somewhat resentful of kind of white upper class uh, Antifa people um, kind of infiltrating this uh, for their own sometimes selfish means. Having said that, I'm an Antifa supporter, but the point is that there has been like longstanding criticism of Black Lives Matter as uh, domestic terrorists, right? But mm -hmm. over this weekend, you guys were doing the exact same thing and in many cases way worse and you didn't even have the police fucking with you. Normally Black Lives Matter people who are usually protesting peacefully are tear gassed, beaten and arrested. You guys had total impunity to go around beating the shit out of people. And by you guys, I mean uh, other Proud, Proud Boys, Boys in D.C., not you personally. I don't think you would ever. No, know. I don't take it away. I, I'll I speak as part of the group. So, sure, but, the, the but, cops... but I mean, do you not do you not see a kind of hypocrisy or, or, or incongruity there? I don't know. Uh, no, I'll, I'll tell you why. So the, the cops are a big uh, question for, for right wing people. The left wing doesn't like them. Uh, the right wing likes cops way too fucking much. Like they're, they're not on our side, despite what you believe. Now, what you're seeing is when you got two groups out there, then you got Black Lives Matter, you know, chanting like, uh, fuck the pigs, fry them like bacon, whatever it is that day. They don't like the cops. They've made it clear. And you got Proud Boys who uh, <laughs> shouldn't like the cops, but do too much usually. They'll give them a fist bump, who at least won't be fucking spitting on them. Yeah, the, the cops uh, hate us less, as they should, but they don't have our back. The legal system is absolutely against us i mean you get our boys in prison right now for a fight because antifa said for three weeks they're coming gonna come fuck you up we're gonna come fuck you up they vandalize the building they do all this and they walk out they come they try to fuck us up proud boys win the fight they threw bottles of piss glass bottles and then only proud boys get arrested and only later on because it was the powers that be that insisted upon it right so I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if that's totally accurate, but I, I know that's no, that's totally accurate. That's your that's your perception of, of it. So I'll let I'll let you say that, but I I, I don't believe that's accurate. Well, can we get into what exactly happened this weekend? From what you know, I mean, you kind right. of right. So you sent me a video. Uh, you sent me a video, uh, a clip, and uh, so I went to go look at it. I was I was somehow fucking uh, blocked already from this person I've never heard of or haven't interacted with. <laughs> common thing I love this. So I had to go through on my other account. I, I look at the clip and, and you know what? Uh, first of all, they weren't random people. They were black block. That's how they dress. They got the mask. They got the black clothes, all that shit. They went and picked a fight with Proud Boys and they lost. I don't feel bad about that. Now, I will say that the hits were fucking meaner than I've ever seen from Proud Boys. Yes, uh, it was. It was they, very They vicious, walked really. up on them and they, they uh, kept hitting them, but they weren't leaving the area. When they left, you know, it stopped. But they... They said, you can't stick around here. All they right. don't have to uh, leave the area. They have just as much right to be there as the Proud Boys do. Yeah, but fuck that. Because what do you all do? You stand on the highway and say, uh, you know, this well, is no, 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 no. That, that's not, that's not what was happening. That's not what was happening here. Let's keep it in one place and one time. We're talking about the tactics of aggression between the two groups. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're, we're, we're uh, you know, I, I don't think we have been agitators, and I think uh, we're getting pushed into it. I mean, if you're not, forget the street fight. This is a distraction. Do I think Antifa is a fucking relevant thing? Not really. All right. Okay. I, I think the kid that uh, is in Antifa who's going to put it on his resume when he fucking runs for city council, that's a bigger problem for me. But you, you've got this entire system that that's what I'm against. And the Antifa kids hide in it. 
they say, fuck the police, blah, blah, blah. Oh, here's a proud boy. I've seen y'all lead cops by the hand through a crowd at a fuck the police rally to point out the guy they want arrested. It's, it's beyond hypocrisy. Like it's, it's comical. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? You want to be fucking uh, left to street fighters? Like, we'll meet you out there. That's our deal. But well, there's different. There's different. There's different. There's different to be honest, like, that's all kind of lame on both sides. But yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. The, the absorption of the police, the the, the need for the police, uh, is definitely a a problem that I think is a problem for both both sides. Um, I think we're both have the same conundrum there uh, yeah, what, uh, what, way more way more on the left side i would say because what do your buddies think the street fighting does i mean i, I get you it's, think it's, it's not it's response. not an embrace get... thing in the group it's there's there's a debate within the group that's it's fucking pointless but it's kind of fun blah 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 like th- these are wild times man I, I i got no problem with it um if there look what, what's my daily life i get doxxed i get fired from my job I'm, I'm banned from all social media. And this is leftist activists that do this, that put my phone number out there and say a Nazi lives here. This is my baby sleeps. It's my real address. And they say, go get this guy. They don't do it, but they wait for somebody else to, somebody with mental issues to come find me. So that makes me mad. Now, a- am I a monster for wanting to fucking break somebody's nose over that? Because I do. And so when people meet us on the street and they say, you know, fuck you, Nazi. And I think, oh my God, okay. I'm, I'm not a Nazi at all. That's Let's a fair fucking point. fucking have it out, man. That's a fair point. Like I, I would, I would be apoplectic if someone doxed um, yeah. me and and gave uh, directions to where my kid was sleeping. But, I don't. But do you? Wh- why do you think that happened? Like, what do you? I mean, I guess let me ask you this. I, I know that you think you're right on it. Do you have any regrets on maybe pushing things a little too far that maybe made people hate you too much? No, I, I do press buttons on purpose. Uh, sometimes that's something that I do. Uh, I've never felt bad about it uh, ever, even once, uh, because fuck this. Like y'all tear down statues. Uh, you want to burn the Starbucks? I think it's funny. You tear down statues, like you got me. I'm I'm bugged. That, you know, that's my country. That's my my history, my heritage. Uh, so you, you pick a fight, then you're gonna get some flack. Hey, uh, okay, on. we're detouring into statues here. All right, if we want to go, on. it's an example. There's a lot of things you do that pisses. These are Republican values. But like, yeah, sure. like the, by the same, the, by the, the same South. token, by the same token that you are upset that um, you've been doxxed and that might actually put your kid in danger. Do you not understand the historical legacy of some of the icons represented by these statues that involved black Americans being terrorized in their homes? How can you not un- understand that? It's, it's not just Confederate statues and it, I defend Confederate, Confederate statues. I don't give a shit. Uh, it's all part of our country's heritage, and it's people have a a, a right to enjoy their fucking statues. Man, but you start with uh, general. They, right. they don't have a right to enjoy. It's a statues. cheap ten that's, piece of that's, shit. That's made that's in not the 20s, a constitutional bro. right to enjoy a statue. Right. It, a lot of them were put in after the Civil War, and especially in the twenties, because there was this sort of a uh, trying to be understanding between North and South. That resentment was still there. You know what I mean? And so there was an effort made from North and South. A lot of it was Northern money building Confederate statues, and it was a nice gesture for a country that was fractured. Like that's nice to me. That's that's an America that I can believe in and shit, right? And yeah. then you all tear it down and say, "Oh, yeah. America sucks." It's just a, it's just a racist office. See, I don't think that. Is, I don't think that's I, accurate either. I don't, I don't think that's why that. those statues were put up, and I also think that's an inaccurate. Well, fuck it. Let's just let's just say that uh, it was a statue built by uh, Southern enthusiasts. I don't. There's no Northern money. I, I'm still saying yeah, leave that exactly. statue up. Okay. I just so, I don't know. I don't. The thing is, I don't fucking care because I think uh, 
again, Republican values, the small R Republican values was the, the Northern army, dude. And, and Janice, I think if your ants go ahead, sorry, sorry what was sorry. done wrong to me in the South was reconstruction was never finished. And the carpet baggers were the, the good guys dude. And reconstruction wasn't done. The fed should have occupied the South longer. In my opinion. You know, maybe I, I'm not like a, a child of the Confederate Army. I was born in North Carolina. I grew up down south, but I'm not like right. my family isn't from the south. Uh, it's it just I know it's part of America. And here's the thing. Symbols matter. Like God knows you all love your symbols. And it's OK for other people to have them, too. Sure. Uh, that, that's that's the, the basic fact I want to I want to get at here. And Nick, I'm, I'm from the okay. south, too. I, I was I was born and raised or I was raised in Little Rock, Arkansas. So I understand southern culture well. There's, but right. I, I don't think it's I, I don't think it's fair to describe these statues as kind of apolitical, a neutral symbols of heritage and history. When you have, uh, you know, like, would you want a statue? Would you accept a statue of Colin Kaepernick built on your street right now? Would you be happy with that? No, because it is a symbol and it's not <laughs> apolitical. I, I don't want to uh, ever say that I, I, I don't know exactly what they are. They're they, they will be to liberals and the North. That's what they are. And I, I Colin Kaepernick will be a statue Sunday. That's what you <laughs> yeah, understand. Oh, like, yeah, you I, know. I know. Yeah, I'm right. Aware. So I don't, I guess I don't understand like this. I, I guess what I'm saying to you, Nick, is I, this doesn't bode well that this particular vein of your argument does not bode well for you arguing that you're not sympathetic to white nationalist views because Confederate statues from the past have a very clear meaning a very clear meaning, particularly to people whose ancestors have been uh, slaughtered in many ways and enslaved. Like th these are not black and white issues or these are not gray issues. These are very black and white issues. And so when you argue that Confederate statues are some kind of proud heritage that, you know, that I, I guess that just doesn't bode well for your argument, I guess. They, they are the heritage of the South and not everything about the South has been all great and peachy. But you said you're from the South. Have you ever met an individual, because I fucking haven't, that supports slavery? See, when I say the meaning of these statues, the, the meaning of the Confederate flag is pro-slavery. It's not. That opinion doesn't exist. Like, so I, Nick, I've never met a pro-slavery person. Nick, I'll answer your question. That's a very uh, common tactic among neo-fascist people is to push the argument and to disguise the argument. You're asking for an out. You're asking whether I've seen outright slavery in the south no i haven't because that that's been banned and gone for a long time but what you see is you see these neo quasi proto synonyms that go before these new, newer movements that actually are trying to push the goalposts on what this stuff means what, what i'm saying by this is that a lot of times people in i'm not saying necessarily you and your group or a hate group but hate groups and neo-nazi and white nationalist groups they aim to reframe their argument and they aim to relabel themselves. So you saying, asking me, have I seen outright claims of slavery? No, Not but have I seen that want it? Let, let me but, ask you this, because we're getting a little bit veered off here. In uh, World War II, when uh, the Marines took over Okinawa, uh, one of the first things they did was plant a big old Confederate flag uh, on top of the tallest hill there. And uh, all the Southern boys cheered. What were they cheering for? Were they cheering for slavery or the, the uh, exact issues of the Civil War? Or were they saying, hey, this is our region being represented? 
I don't That's know, what it is. but if you ask the majority of black Americans, they are deeply offended and wounded by Confederate statues. Oh, I know black uh, folks don't like the Confederate flag in general. It's, right. it's not a mystery. I realize that right. uh, it's the meaning has been changed also very recently because of relentless media and academic. Uh, just this sucks. People like that sucks. Blah, blah, blah. Here's the Here's, practice of your enemy. I, I know. My leftist argument against tearing down the statues, for one, is the argument that a lot of leftists use the idea of like, oh, well, we're tearing down the symbols of the old society. Now, the issue with that is you don't actually do that until you're in power. The, st the statues of the czar didn't come down until after the Russian Revolution. You know, yeah. the Soviets were in power. You don't just tear down the signs while the system remains intact because it's pointless. Now, the argument should be that the North should have never allowed them to exist, uh, if you're a leftist, the, like the actual Northern Army after the Civil War should have never allowed this neo-Confederate type shit to exist. But that involves a lot of anti-democratic purges and shit like that, which, you know, maybe we're both fans of in different ways. But um, the thing is, right now, you know, I don't see a reason for this debate because I think that for the left to think tearing down the statues and toppling these symbols of, you know, quote unquote, the old regime, even though it is an old regime and should have been wiped out, but the left doing it without having actual state power or political standing, you know, it's kind of pointless, man. It's, it's a public display and it's mainly for liberal satisfaction, you know, it's right. to clean up these Southern cities for like liberal, you know, tech capital and shit like that. I right. think it's vindictiveness. Yeah. And I think uh, we get it, you know, and we well, don't I, I don't think it's vindictive. There's a reason to be vindictive, in my opinion. There's a reason to hate fucking ruling class. There's a reason to hate a lot of American history, in my opinion. And yeah, white supremacy, man. That's that. I don't understand why you can't just admit that. that, that I don't meet. Black... I'm, I'm deep, deep in the right wing world. I don't meet white supremacists. I don't like I'd tell you if I did. You know how many fucking Nazis I met in my life? Uh, two and one former Klansman. It was well before I was political. And they were so, way I'm more sorry, interested. I'm, so, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you've met a lot more than you think you have that just aren't. I don't think I have because yeah. I, I have very honest conversations with people. We don't agree on everything. There's people who are much more racial on the right than me, but actual white supremacists who think they're the supreme race, like it, it's a boogeyman. I don't find it. Now, a white nationalism, as, as autistic people uh, argue for fucking white nations in Idaho. Yeah, that's growing a little bit. It's still not fucking relevant. Do you think like the alt right are just mostly online fucking losers? Like, oh, completely. But they're outdated. Like, you got to understand. Like, yeah, I, 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 I get enemy. that. They're irrelevant since twenty sixteen. Not yeah. Like Richard Spencer is a complete washout now. He's a loser. No one, yeah. Oh, I was like, going to ask you about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah Nick, I do. I do appreciate you uh, sitting here and taking these shots from us. Uh, and I, I know that we're you know coming at you you know fairly strong I, I went on a, a leftist podcast y'all have been a fine that's a, i didn't right, come here cool. to be treated gently i, I, I did want to ask you and and after this i'm going to let jim you know steer the conversation for a while and i don't know how much longer we're going to be on yeah we won't take up too much more of your time uh, we you won't take up too much of another your time, 10 minutes or so i i was going to ask you and this is something i've been trying to ask so many conservative friends of mine right-wing friends of mine or even even anarchist friends of mine what what does being red-pilled mean and do you consider yourself red-pilled and what does that mean 
Yeah, I'm red-pilled. I mean, it's uh, when you uh, stop being a normie, to use the parlance of our times. <laughs> it's you, you see that uh, things are, are not friendly. It's, it's the, the, through the filter of mass media, uh, you stop believing what is generally put down. And then, but we, but we well, agree on, yeah, on rejecting yeah. mass media. So you're still not really giving a definition of what rebel. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a right wing uh, pill. You're exactly. blue pilled, yeah. my friend. It's, no. uh, we took different I, I'm, I'm, I'm no. actually uh, black pilled or uh, yeah, uh, maybe even, people. maybe yeah. even, I, I'm cyanide pilled actually. But uh, <laughs> no, no, no. But I, I'm, I'm asking you this. I'm not trying to score points right now. I promise you. I really am curious as to specifically what it means. Um, because how, okay, how is being red pill different than, let's say, a Democrat suddenly becoming a Republican or a liberal suddenly becoming a conservative? What specifically does red pill mean in 2020? I mean, it means different things to different groups. If you want to go to like 4chan slash poll, uh, being red pill just means being fucking super racist. If you want to uh, hang out with like sort of, uh, I don't know whether like people, people like me, like a right wing, but yeah, Q people. That's that's just boomer optimism. That's all Q is. But I mean, they use it, you know, relevant as of this week. The yeah, term's it's, it's, there. it's just a, it's an internet word that made it to the mainstream because everything does now because the internet well, is mainstream. So language changes within a week. That's capitalism, my friend. It sucks up all culture and commodifies it. <laughs> Read yeah, Marx. Uh, so then you're not. So then you're not a fan of. You're not a fan of QAnon. You're, obviously, you've made it clear several times. No, it's a it's a fucking albatross around our neck. It's it's boomerism. Uh, it's but it's becoming quickly irrelevant. Thank God. Yeah, well, they still are hanging on. I don't know, man. Uh, the, They'll uh, continue. Some of the later there is no the later combination of words have jumped off, but like the early like the early followers are still on. So let me ask you a quick question. Um, you said like when you were younger, you read Dawkins and shit, right? Yeah. Which I get, dude. It's a big path to like radical politics on both sides. Is kind of starting out at that point. Did that like the new atheism kind of lead you down like the red, you know, quote unquote red pill path or whatever that means to you? Because I I understand that is like a pathway for a lot of people. A lot of people I knew from that movement are, in my opinion, fucking kind of shitty now. But yeah, you know, yeah, it, a winding road. But yeah, so I got into Dawkins. Whatever, he's friendly enough. Uh, you know, I started reading Christopher Hitchens, and I was a leftist. I was a teenage fucking leftist dirtbag, but <laughs> I started reading Christopher Hitchens, and he would made all these uh, really elegant arguments in favor of the Iraq War. And I had to reevaluate some of the things that I, I thought to be true, and I came to the conclusion that we were in fact fighting the right enemy at the right time, and that was a huge departure for me. So I said, "Well, I can't support a war Why? that we're fighting," and uh, and just stand by and say yeah that's cool so I, I just fucking joined the marines i joined the infantry uh and then while i was in the marine corps i became more right wing and paradoxically became very much against uh this particular war the iraq war oh good okay that was disaster. my question yeah I was gonna no no that you. didn't say it, but that I, I guess that was sort of uh that may have been an entry win to the right for me i don't think i it understand I mean, my permanent mood but it did make me join the fucking marines how old are you I'm 34. Okay, so I get it. Yeah, because, dude, I understand the same issue. Like, 9-11 happened around a formative age. You yeah, know? not good. Yeah, exactly. I was in middle school. So it was a very strange time. And if I had been older, I probably would have made the same decision. I'm only four years younger than you. 
But if I had been older, I probably would have made a similar decision. You know what I mean? Because it was a weird fucking time, dude. And uh, even in the 2003, it was a weird fucking time. Because if you weren't pro-Iraq war, you were a fucking piece of shit. You know, even the Dixie Chicks had their fucking album steamed. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, I understand absolutely like buying into it at first. But, yeah, it's interesting to hear that you turned against it because, like, yeah, that makes a lot of people more left-wing as well. I mean, there are, like, our veterans against the Iraq war and shit like that. You know, there are these Yeah, that's a that's groups. a specific fucking type of vet, bro. It's related to the anti-gun vet, bro. But, uh... I don't know. I mean, I... <sighs> I don't know. I don't know too many leftists who are anti-gun. I don't really see that. But I don't hang out on like with coastal liberals. No, not leftists. Y- y'all like your guns. I, I see your John Brown yeah. gun club. But but liberals, you know, they're scared. Li- yeah, liberals are. Yeah, I mean, I and, and I'm I'm kind of in the middle of that. But yeah, I don't. That- yeah, I don't believe in gun control. Like more further gun control because I don't think it really fucking affects people like white right. people with money, dude. It hurts people who actually need guns for fucking self-defense and shit. Like right. People in poverty. So I don't fucking, you know, and that's of all colors, honestly. All people in poverty should be fucking armed. The working class should be completely 100% armed, in my opinion. The state should issue you a rifle at 18. (laughs) Swiss style. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There should be some type, yeah, I'm for it. Because I think, honestly, you know, that's why I think the street fighting and shit is pointless. Because there is no, like, mass movement of, like, armed workers or anything like that. This isn't some Maoist revolution that Antifa does. This is just this stupid street fighting. And it's not even, like, Germany in, like, the Weimar, you know, era. It's not, like, fights between brown shirts and fucking striking factory workers. It's not like yeah, that it's, at it's all. Yeah, it's, it's just academic grievance culture gone mainstream. That's BLM. That's, yeah, that's and the thing then, on both sides, you know. It's just yeah. fucking dorks who took their argument offline in my opinion quick cut question uh me and jim were talking about a clip over the weekend that appeared that was uh i don't know if you saw this man but it's pretty funny uh so there was a, a gathering uh, of of like pro-trump stop the steal people and alex jones confronted michael <laughs> flynn and uh-huh. uh basically tried to shoot the shit yeah, with michael flynn and michael flynn looked at him like he was an alien um, so I'm assuming you're not a fan of Al- uh, Alex Jones, but what, what are your thoughts on Michael Flynn? Well, first of all, Alex Jones is our boy. Uh, Michael oh, okay. Flynn, I mean, he's... I assumed wrong then. I'm he's sorry. always been close mm-hmm. to like Gavin and shit. Yeah, you know, I, I met Alex Jones uh, once. He was nice enough to give me a 10-second street interview. But, but you know, he's, he's, he, obviously he's not got everything right, but he's got a, a lot of shit right that maybe you wouldn't expect. Yeah, he's, he likes you guys. I'm not going to get into Alex Jones, but... Uh, that's fun. But I, I actually meant to ask you more about Michael Flynn. I was I was more interested in your views on Michael Flynn. Right. Well, to me, because uh, he's done this to himself, he kind of associates himself with the, the Q people. I, I like his dedication. I just I like loyalty uh, on our side. He's he's a true believer in Trump. Uh, I I think he sort of represents that boomer optimism I was talking about before. Uh, I, th- I think he's a good man. So he, but he he called for the Constitution to be suspended. Oh and, yeah, and martial and martial law to be installed. So is that is that is that compliant with the Constitution in your mind? Oh no, probably not. I mean, Lincoln did it. We all love him, right? Uh, look, as I said, the Trump is not Caesar. He's not going to cross the Rubicon. Yeah, we wish he would, but we're <laughs> dumb. Exactly. You wish he would. That's what I'm trying to get at. You want him to do that. 
Yeah, it'd be it, cool if we didn't. Right. Let why, our why do you stolen? want that? That's extra constitutional. It's extra judicial. Why as would I you said support before, that? Rights are only legitimate if they are reciprocal. And leftists don't care about the Constitution. That's a fucking piece of paper. No, I don't care. And it, no, not that, not that, you, you know, I know you don't. Like, exactly. <laughs> and like, then so people on the right who are like ideologues are like, oh, the Constitution. We got to sort of like, yeah, sure, it's it's a cool uh, yeah. document. It, I, yeah, it makes some good points, but people don't care about it, and our laws don't reflect it. I don't even. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about it. I don't think it reflects. I don't even think it reflects what should be considered human rights. I but but you support. I think. It, hang on. Right? I think there's countries like Cuba where the right to fucking healthcare and housing and fucking you know food is more important. That's to me. That's the right to life as prescribed by a real country, a real government, a real state that's responsive to its people's needs. That should. And honestly, you know, that's fucked. I, I'll give the Democrats this. They fucked a lot of working class people during, you, you know, this hang up during the election by refusing to cut another check. You know, that this is all kind of reflective here, man. This is this shit affects all of us. But I don't think the solution is any type of like coup or anything like that. I think the solution is going to be a working class movement, not it's not going to be from above because as long as there's even Trump, as long as there's a billionaire class, they're not going to give a fuck. They don't care. As you said, Trump uh, won't cross the Rubicon and you know why he be, won't do it. He yeah. doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue with that. I think he's looking at a cable network in 2024 yeah, and blah, the road's blah, blah. Over. But we have a fuck. real right-wing nationalist movement. And if we can make it economically populist, that, that's the kind of thing I stand for. Uh, yeah. We have a real future. I think that's the way, yeah, I would say that would make, that's what makes you dangerous, dude, when you guys pick up our language. But I think that's probably as good a place as any to end it. Jake, did you have anything else? No, I'm good, man. Uh, Nick, I, like I said, I appreciate you coming on here. and Yeah, going, thank you again for your time, man. Bat- battling us, man. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was fun. Well, you know, I appreciate the invite. Uh, you're the only leftist that have ever talked to me, so good on you. Well, we kept it civil. So, yeah, it was nice talking to you, man, and thank you, and I don't know. Maybe we'll book some guests with you in the future here. Yeah, have me on. We'll be in touch. All right. Sounds good, man. happens jim um i know and right. that's uh, that's why we need um i don't know Public that's why banking. we need people need like to the post office nick oaks to run things no you need public banking you need banks at post offices absolutely you need it easily accessible like savings accounts partially at least government funded for all working class people sure something besides social security obviously i i yeah i'm in absolute <laughs> agreement with you upon yeah. the nationalization of many many sectors of the economy and public utilities like we're on the same page on that so is nick i guess but so yeah that was fucking weird that was weird it was interesting oh it was it's, interesting it's strange to hear um like i said at the end there uh I don't want to accuse them of being a fucking fascist or anything, but a lot of the times, you know, a sort of pocket definition of like early parts of fascist movement is adopting left-wing rhetoric and left-wing tactics. Sure. Which yeah. you've seen, you know, he admits they've done both, you know, he, he or he wants them to do both, you know, and yeah, 
at the that's same what i was time, trying to say at the beginning is that they they try to disguise yeah their their views within populist sometimes populist left-wing movements and that's exactly what trump has done from the beginning is these mirrored aspects of the bernie sanders revolution no it's interesting to see that he nick himself is consistent on it you know what i mean because yeah most, in many ways he was aren't. in trump many ways he was, was he was uh, extremely uh uh honest um i don't know somewhat self-reflective i mean i i do think i mean i do have like tremendous problems with, with his ide ideology and even specific statement i know it sounded like i interrupted him a lot but i actually wanted to interrupt a lot more and it took mm -hmm. a lot of discipline for me not to yeah well even trump isn't like consistently economically populist you know he only picks fights with companies that have pissed him off so it's stupid to fucking be like, well, yeah, he's, you know, it's at least Nick is consistent. Like I said, I'll give him that because even like I said, even, you know, the fearless leader wasn't consistent. He didn't actually give a shit about any of that stuff. He didn't give, you know, the tax cuts were shitty. And like I said, um, you know, there was, there's a lot of economic policy. The judge picks were shitty and they didn't even help him in the end. So, you know. Uh, he his grievances were very select typically and they had to do with like public bullshit it was never any like actual economic plan right but yeah, so what, yeah. what were your thoughts overall like how are you feeling about it it's interesting i mean i'm glad you know he's at least he didn't go too in depth with us on anything that he didn't know about i'll give him credit for knowing his limits too sure you know um but it's interesting because, like I said, my argument overall was that I think socialism is part of Western thought. And I don't think there's any way to deny it. I don't think there's any way to deny that a socialist society is the next logical step. I think that I don't think that a moral society, you know, I don't think that can be held off forever. And I think that is what Western thought built to was a more moral society. You understand what I'm saying? Sure, and I agree with you. And I actually think you did a pretty great job at, at creating a historical lineage that showed that during the interview. I, I let you kind of um, go off and do your thing there, but I think you, I mean, you were above his head, you were above my head, and probably be above most of our listeners' heads because uh, you've obviously studied the history of of socialist thought and, and action much more than a lot of people have. But I think he did a good job showing that, and I agree with you totally, that the next logical step in Western thought is uh, the embrace of uh, a more coherent form of socialism. Now we disagree on how that will look, but we agree on the basic premise. Despite what you know, people think the Russian revolution was not Jewish led or anything like that, and it was, it came at a time when the ruling class in Russia had very little assets thanks to World War One, And a lot was thought of the other Western countries because they had already had larger socialist movements in a lot of places than in the Soviet, you know, what became the Soviet Union. And like the UK and in Germany itself, you know, these are places where Marx and Engels hung out. Um those socialist movements were, you know, they were large. The SPD party of the actual, you know, originally the radical socialists in uh, 
Germany, you know, Rosa and all those, you know, that was a large party and that was put down by the fascists, obviously. But the thing was, I mean, it was where Western civilization was going towards the end of, into the beginning of the 20th century and through like World War One. It wasn't until the wars that leftism was really suppressed in all the Western countries, including here with like the Palmer raids and stuff like that, which busted up leftist newspapers and leftist organizations. You know, it was considered sedition to oppose the war during World War One, And that's how a lot of leftists were arrested here. Dude, we should try and get some guests that like old, older guests who maybe were even a part of some of these movements. Yeah, I mean, some of them are dead. Har- yeah. Harder, uh, most of them dead. And the ones who are alive are probably not very good at Zoom or Skype. But yeah, but like. Um, the Debs era socialism and stuff like that. That was a strong movement in this country. I mean, again, it was only granted 2% of like the national vote, but that was running a campaign from prison as a socialist in the United States. You know, there Dude, is well, a history. One of the things I thought was going to come up, uh, because I, I, in preparation for that interview, I listened, I read a bunch of quotes by him and I listened to a couple of his other interviews. And I'm surprised he didn't mention, but Nick Oakes is married to a black woman uh, and they're having a kid. And so he frequently cites that as evidence that he's not a white nationalist. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm actually kind of glad it didn't come up because I don't want to get into super personal shit like that. But, you know, the but the existence of a Proud Boys members who are are not just uh, uh, Proud Boy members who are, are who are black. Um, seems to be a common defense that uh, Proud Boys use to refute the white nationalist label. But it's, it's really, this is really like just, I think, a weak argument because surely we're all aware that uh, systems of oppression and racism uh, can be and historically are supported by the very victims of that oppression. And I was going to mention to him that, you know, like I'm Jewish, my mother's Jewish, uh, which of course means I'm forever Jewish. And, um, you know, yeah, huh. but there were, there were Jewish Nazis, right? But no one would ever say with a straight face that the fact that there were Jews who joined the Nazi movement for a variety of reasons that are too complex to go into here, no one would argue that the fact that there were Jews who joined the Nazi movement means that Nazism was not deeply, deeply anti-Semitic, right? Because that would be ridiculous. Yeah. And I can't say, you know, his personal beliefs, obviously, I don't think they represent the group as a whole or as a majority even. It doesn't matter, though. He's identifying with that group. And there yeah, are people, yeah, you're right, but and there yeah. are people in that group that have said absolutely batshit crazy white nationalist racist. I, do, yeah, I just want to say he seems like he is an outlier. I'll give him that. I'll give him that, but I don't I, I give him nothing else. And I take back anything I give him, I take a lot more back Mm. for the group he associates with. And while I appreciate that he came on the show, I think his mindset is deeply flawed. I think his arguments are ridiculous. And if I were him, I'd be embarrassed and I would delete my accounts. I don't think he's going to do that. I think he'll be fine. He he got, you know, hey, he got his chance to say what he believed. And like I said, he luckily, thank you, you know, to avoid any slurs or anything. He, He knew his limits. Yeah, most of the time, yeah, but that applied to most everything we talked about. Most of the time, anytime we got into detail on anything, he was like, you know, I, I don't want to go into this, fuck it. You know, 
leftists can say what they want, fuck it, but I'm not going to get into this, dude, you know, come on, he, he, he was, he was, uh, you know, it, it, I, I, I give him points for coming on and debating, but I'm not really sure that that was a coherent debate. Parts of it were. I'm, I'm going to argue that. Again, he doesn't seem like, um, even though he's called himself a teenage leftist or whatever, and he spent time in the Marines, I don't think his political evolution is done. Um, I don't think he's quite figured out where the fuck he belongs yet. Because like I said, his views don't line up with the majority of his friend group. You know? Well, same with Martin, who we had last week. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the fuck. Dude, there's, people... there's, a, there's large spectrums of people. And I, I think it's, um, you know, I, I don't know what we're seeing in terms of a proliferation of conspiratorial thought but we're definitely seeing i think a new a new age of extremism and radicalism we could also probably say that nick is uh the producer for milo another most banned man in america <laughs> wow i totally didn't know that yeah, uh, I, uh, I would i would have asked him about milo's little meltdown over the weekend yeah sorry we should have gone into that maybe we'll have him back on to talk milo one day next time milo makes a headline Right. But yeah, so he's associated with other people who like their complaint is, you know, I can't make my income or whatever. Uh huh. And that seems to be like a big fucking. I think that becomes like the focus of a lot of these people too is like they just end up being focused on like, dude, I'm banned and like I can't post anymore. Uh, you know, that yeah. that becomes like an identity in itself. Like, look, dude, Alex Jones, like you said, the biggest, like, and he's what? His fucking website is called band.tv you know well but i can't remember did 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 nick ultimately express support for alex jones yeah. i think he did yeah he did yeah he also made it clear he didn't want to talk about it so <laughs> yeah that's but again alex jones is kind of and we talked about this earlier alex jones is kind of fucking irrelevant you know um, and I think the thing, but Alex Jones always has been a pretty vocal supporter of the Proud Boys. He doesn't, even after like Gavin stops coming on the show, he's still supported them. I mean, he says he backs them because again, they're not like the openly like swastika group, which Alex Jones is also, you know, Alex Jones will tell you about how America defeated the Nazis for hours. Yeah, whatever. These, all these people are clowns, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, we did we did this interview. And I'm glad. Uh, I, I guess I'm glad we did it. I had reservations about doing it, but uh, I'm glad we did it. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, like I, I, I view this as a, a clown's autopsy. What just right, it was something. I don't it know was what something. It was, but it was something. And I think that's a good place to stop. And we will be back next week with another episode. Make sure to follow us on uh, social media and, of course, subscribe and rate the podcast. Leave a review and we will.